Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Hey, we're, welcome everybody to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Kelly Center. We're broadcasting live this afternoon from the Southern Bank Core Studio here in Hattiesburg. We're glad to have you on board. Opening segment of our show every day, sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour, and of course, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. And we appreciate all that they do for our program. Great show today. We're going to be hearing a little later in the show from Tegra Ize, the big seven-foot center. Uh, now playing uh, for the Golden Eagles. Fascinating young man, very interesting, and uh, we think that you will really enjoy the conversation. But right now we are happy, very happy, to have in our studio track and field coach John Stewart along with two of his fine athletes, Trinity Benson, who is the 400-meter Sun Belt champion, and Adrian Harris, who has just transferred here from North Dakota State and is going to be a top-notch sprinter on the uh, men's team with the indoor season opener just days away, the Blazer Invitational in Birmingham, Alabama. Coach Stewart, uh, first of all, to you, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you very much. Good to see you. Good to see you. Always a pleasure to have you back in the house with us. Thank you. Thank you. Two fine-looking young people you've brought here with you. Tell us about these kids. Well, Trinity, is uh, she's uh, been a superstar for us for the past uh, four years, and she is uh, – uh, starting her comp- campaign as the defending 400-meter champion. And uh, Adrian Harris, he's a guy that I should have recruited about four or five years ago. And, and I went back and saw a letter that he wrote to me, and I just thought, ah, this kid's not that good. And then five years later, I'm like, man, this kid's a superstar. So we got him back, and he's been, he's been outstanding for us. All right, and about the young lady here. Oh, Trinity! Yeah. Oh, Trinity! She's she, she's just she's just an incredible talent, and uh, she uh, she's got a, a great family that is has some some good athletes in it. But Trinity, she's our four hundred meter defending champion uh, in the Sun Belt. Now, the indoor season is the first part of the calendar year. Mm-hmm. Outdoor, when things start to warm up a little bit. But Coach Stewart, the indoor events are not exactly the same as the outdoor events. And the fact that we don't have an indoor facility at Southern Miss, how do you deal with that? You know, we're we're just doing the best we can with what we have. And, uh, you know, it, there's a lot of schools in our conference that don't have indoor facilities, so there's no excuses there. We just we go outside and brave the cold. If it's cold outside, we just put all the sweats on that we have and we go run. Once they warm up, they'll be fine. But guys like Adrian, who's been up in the deep freeze and negative temperatures his whole career he's outside running darn near butt naked every day at practice and says this is no big deal coach so uh look at his face come on adrian we we do uh we we do very well you know despite the lack of an indoor facility but like like outdoor you have 400 meters and 800 like some of the indoor events now and trinity was telling me this it'll be like 300 meters and adrian will run like a 500 i mean these are kind of odd numbers why why are there different events at the different venues well we have this first meet we go to has some 
off distance events and it's just because it's in our, our opener and it's something just new and different for the kids there's a few less events indoors because they don't do like the javelin they don't do the discus and they don't do the long throws uh they don't do the ten thousand meters because if you try to run that many laps on a small track you know everybody will forget how many laps you're at and somebody will run ten thousand five hundred meters and so uh they, they just have a few less events but it's basically the same the competition is the same um we're, we're trying to run as fast as we can I I like indoors because it's fun. You can hear the crowd noise. You can uh, you don't have to worry about wind in your face or cold temperatures. You know, you just you you get on the track and it's like running at a basketball game. Yeah, but that's one of the things I wanted to ask Adrian about. Is is Adrian? Coach just said he preferred indoor, but you prefer outdoor because of the heaviness of the air that you have to breathe indoor. Just kind of tell me why you prefer the outdoor. Coach Stewart likes indoor. Well, I prefer outdoor just because I have long legs. It's a lot tougher for me to run indoor. Uh, lanes are a little bit tighter. It gets crammed and usually don't have that advantage compared to shorter people. So outdoor, I'm just a lot more comfortable. My strategy is a lot different compared to what it would be indoor. But, I mean, it's something you have to do, um, and I'm, pre- I'm prepared for it. I have the experience, so I'm ready. But indoor as well, the tracks are, are um, not tilted, but... Banked. Banked. Yeah. So how does that change the way that you have to practice and prepare, Adrian, having a banked track indoors where they're flat outdoors? Oh, well, to be honest, I'll be going into this new just because I've only ran on a banked track one time and that was my freshman year of college. Uh, So this will, I guess, in a way be a new experience, but I'm prepared. I'm trusting what Coach Stu has been doing and training. And I think regardless of what I have to run on that, I'll be prepared to do. Actually, North Dakota State, those are snow banked tracks. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, Adrian, uh, we from time to time see track stars that translate to football. Uh, Bob Hayes, long before you were born, a great example of that. Did you participate in other sports uh, coming up? And if so, how did you settle on track and field? Yes, sir. So, actually, in high school, I was set on basketball. I played football, uh, basketball, and I wanted to go collegially in basketball until my junior year I started to – excel and take it a lot more serious so i ended up sticking with track i ended up getting some scholarships and uh my mom was like if you're not getting scholarships in this area you need to take this right here uh, and and help pay for school so that's the route that i I took a lot of a lot of baseball coaches tell us they love kids that have played multiple sports uh, as opposed to just baseball did playing those other sports help you become the the track uh runner you are now uh, definitely, for sure. I, I think just getting that experience. There's a lot of stuff you can take from different uh, lessons, char- characteristics um, that you can get just from different coaches, different people, uh, training aspect, just staying busy. I think that's one thing my mom also wanted me to do is just stay busy uh, throughout throughout the, the year and not mm-hmm. just get lazy. So it, it definitely yeah. played a role. Well, let me say this with your voice. When you get through running track, I don't want you to apply for any jobs at Super Talk because I don't <laughs> want you taking my shot. I, yeah, I don't want you taking my job. Great set of pipes there, doesn't it? I'm telling uh, you. Appreciate right, it. Yeah, let's, uh, let's get uh, Adrian in here. I'm sorry. Let's get Trinity in yeah. here, who is the 400-meter Sun Belt champion. Trinity, you can run, I, your coach told me back in my office. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. Tell us your story. How, how did you – how did you come up through junior high, high school, and get to a point that you owned the Sun Belt record for the 400 meters? I didn't start running track really until I was in high school, in like elementary school, junior high. I did basketball, 
I did competitive cheer for about six years, and I did a little bit of softball. So I was doing other sports, and then when it came to high school, I tried out for the basketball team, and I didn't make it. Now my mom was like, well, you didn't make the team. So, And then she told me, she was like, well, but I still wanted to play. And I was like, okay, I can do basketball and I can do track. Mm-hmm. But she said, why be good at two sports? You can be great at one. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, then I'm going to take track seriously. Right. So then ever since then, I've been putting all my focus in the track. Okay. Well, obviously, you, you've proven it with owning the record. You're, you're, you're small. Yeah. <laughs> and that, d- does that help in any way in, in, in being as fast and quick as you are? like it does a little bit i kind of can move a little faster i don't have a lot of weight on me to weigh me down so mm-hmm. now why were you looking at me trinity when you said you didn't have a lot of weight on you that <laughs> see kelly can identify with that trinity not having a lot of weight and being very quick and fast yeah right? i yeah. was a, i was a shot putter uh uh-huh. you know, i only threw it about three feet you know yeah, but uh yeah but you, and you're a louisiana girl trinity but you had not heard of southern miss no because i'm not a, i'm not originally from louisiana so I hadn't really, I don't really know the area that well. So when he came to me and he told me, I was like, Southern Miss. I was like, I've never heard of that before. I was like, let me, and I looked it up and I was like, okay, this is a, this is a good school. Despite the fact that she was raised around the part of Illinois that our own Michael Mergens was raised in, Bob, I think she's turned out okay. So you're from Illinois originally, huh? Yes, Charleston, Illinois. How'd you get to Louisiana? Uh, My mom got a job in 2015. So now going into this event, the Blazer Invitational, Trinity, tell us what you want to try to get accomplished and some things that you want to work on in your own individual game. Because track and field, it's not necessarily about the the competition. You really compete with yourself, don't you? Yeah, track is a very individual event. It's very much you against you. So for this meet, we have the 300. I would like to break the 300 school record in it. And then I'm running the 60. The 60 is just kind of like a just to see where I'm at type of thing. So it's not really too much pressure on that. So technique-wise, what do you do to get faster? Uh, I've always wondered that. Which, I mean, either you can run fast or you can't. But Yeah, track is very talent-based. You either kind of have it or you don't. But you can do things like technique-wise to help you run more effectively to make you faster. But you can't just, like, run faster, though. You're either fast or you're not. We're talking to Trinity Benson and Adrian Harris and, of course, uh, track and field coach John Stewart on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're going to ask him to uh, hold over into the next break. We're going to talk about the uh, indoor season opener that's about to take place in Birmingham, Alabama, of all places. It seems like I've heard of UAB before, once or twice. And and Adrian is a native uh, Floridian, right, and winds up going to North Dakota State. Yeah. So That's I don't know how much time we have left in this segment, but man, you talk about a culture shock, a weather shock going up there. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it was um, coming out of high school. My my high school coach, he just, I had no offers, no coaches looking at me at the time. Uh, as Coach Stu said, he was one of the coaches that I actually reached out to, but my time wasn't there yet. Um, so I still just sent out a bunch of questionnaires, emails to as many coaches as possible. And North Dakota State was one of the programs that reached back out to me. Um, and at that time, I'm like, I'm from Florida. I'm not going to do it. I'm just reaching out just because, you know, you never know what could happen. And um, eventually they got back to me. I think one of the things that meant a lot to me was they came down for spring break, um, spring break to meet, meet me. And yeah. after that, we set up a visit. I was able to get up there. Um, they took care of my, my mom um, and they... Hold that thought. We'll finish it up in just a second. We're going to continue our conversation with these uh, fine young athletes, Coach John Stewart 
right on the other side of this Super Talk Eagle Hour break. Stay with us. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, we're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studio in Hattiesburg this afternoon. Bob and Kelly want to remind everybody, of course, about the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. You can hear it anytime you like on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can simply tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Genesis of Hattiesburg, the official auto dealer of the Eagle Hour. Genesis sedans and SUVs are the best on the road. And coming soon, the all-new Genesis showroom on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. This segment Sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. I guarantee they got some track and field shirts uh, at Campus Bookmart. Miss Kathleen, make sure that uh, everyone is taken care of, and uh, we hope you'll give our best regards to her the next time and you're in the store. All right, I want to get to, uh, some stuff with Coach Stewart, but I, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, to finish that story, Adrian. You were telling us about your mom, and, uh, and go ahead and finish that up. Yes, sir. So she actually, once the visit was set up with North Dakota State, she actually went a day before me. And she gets there. She finally lands. She's, you know, from Florida. Or she's originally from Haiti, but we've been living in Florida, so she's never seen snow. She's taking pictures of the snow. She's enjoying herself. She gets to the hotel, and it's roaches. It's mold. It doesn't look like anything she booked online. So she goes in, complains, and the manager ends up kicking her out. She asks for help from the police. They don't help her, so she's stranded in the middle of nowhere, doesn't know anyone, no help. So she calls me. And at first, she she tries her hardest not to tell me because she knows I'd freak out, but I know her, so I start to freak out. And what I did was I just called the coach, and he just said, just give me her contact information. He took care of her, got her in a hotel, got her food, and just made sure she was okay. And that meant the world to me. I said after that moment, I didn't care what school offered me that I would end up there. So that's how a little boy ends up up north. That's a great story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let that be a lesson to recruiting or coaches out there recruiting. Take care of mom. Yes, sir. All right, Coach Stewart, uh, you're getting ready for another season. You've had a lot of success here. I'm, I'm curious. I haven't really had you here to ask you since it's become such an issue, but uh, transfer portals, NILs, all the mess surrounding college uh, athletics, how is it affecting the sport of track and field? Oh, gosh, I hate the portal. I can't stand it. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's, we've benefited from the portal. I, I have to admit that. We've benefited from the, the transfer portal. But, it's uh, you know, I think it's become just the thing to do. You know, whether it's a better situation or not, just, oh, I'm, I'm going to go in the portal. It's no big deal. And, you know, I'm an old school guy. And, old, you know, I, I, you know I, I like loyalty. You know, I'm going to be loyal to Southern Miss. And I, I'd like for the kids to, when we recruit them, I'm not just recruiting them to come to run for me. I'm recruiting them to come to school at Southern Miss. And I'm going to talk about Southern Miss more than anything else because that's what's ultimately going to be the selling point for us. I want you to go to school at Southern Miss and just to, just to up and say, all right, I'm done with this place. I'm going somewhere else. You know, at the least little bit of uh, hard times in someone's career, it's it's really disappointing for me because kids just don't work through their problems and learn. They end up just taking off as soon as th- things get hard. And you can't do that in life, you know. So that's where I think that the portal is missing the boat and is uh-huh. hurting us. Uh, of course, I think, 
you know, it, you know, there are some benefits to it, but at the same time, I, I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I've lost too many kids. We get some kids and we get them really good, and they take off on us. And and a lot of times, it's it's not because they just, they, you know, they forget about the relationships they make. And I think your whole experience is is yeah. going to be the relationships you make. That's what's going to uh, make your whole career. As a fan, here's here's what I see. Uh, you you really. There was a time when you could watch your athletic school, your athletic team, whatever you were cheering for, and you knew who the players were, the participants were. You knew who was seniors. You knew who were sophomores. So you could kind of visualize how the team was going to look the next year, right? Right. Correct. That's out the window. It's out the window. And for us, it's really difficult because our transfer portal window opens at the end of the season after everyone is signed and everyone's gone then the portal opens up and our kids leave and then it's like okay who is left for us to go get and it makes it difficult for coaches just to find someone at the last second and you end up taking you you know i i'm trying not to do this and i don't think we've got anybody like this but there have been times where i've been tempted to get the wrong person the right athlete but the wrong person uh, so mm-hmm. that that's another difficult thing about the portal, but you know I don't like it because I you know I just I don't want to lose my team every year. Right. So so going into the season, the indoor season now, as we mentioned, starts Friday at the Blazer Invitational in Birmingham. Let's look at the Sun Belt a little bit. Arkansas State uh, expected to be tough again. Tell us about some of the other. Uh, teams that are going to be tough this year. Well, Arkansas State's got a great team. They had a great staff, and and uh, they've been they've been dominant in the conference uh, the last uh, I'd say seven eight years. But uh, we, we took them down in cross country last year, and and you know we're we're expecting to do the same again this year. We're not going to just cower to anybody. I, I think we can beat anybody in this conference. I'm not scared of anyone. Uh, I, I like our staff. I think we have a tremendous staff. I got some really really good coaches. Got some. Really 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 good kids uh we're just going to go uh prepare them the best we can and then uh you know go battle at the mm-hmm. conference championship mm-hmm. we've seen you talk a lot about going to birmingham they must have a nice facility well there. birmingham has a big community facility the birmingham crossplex and and they host a lot of indoor track meets and it's a great facility it's very close you know we could go down to lsu but their track is kind of small and tight and you don't run fast there but Birmingham is three hours away. We can get some fast times, and that's where we have our conference championships. So we want to run there to make sure that our kids are used to the track and used to the banks and and trying to run on a tight track. So it it makes for uh, you know we want to go run at the facility we're going to compete our championships in. So that's why we go. Now in our time remaining, maybe to talk to the athletes again a little bit. Trinity, there's weight training, and there's diet and all that stuff that goes into an athlete being all they can be. Tell us, take us through that a little bit and how weight training might differ uh, for a track athlete as opposed to maybe a softball player or whatever. Yeah, for track, you don't want to get like bulky because the more muscle you have is going to slow you down. So you you want to get more lean muscle and you want to focus like your muscle and like your hamstrings and stuff like that because that's where your power comes from is your legs. So you focus mainly on the legs. So now that you're the champion, right, you're, you're going to be the hunted yeah. this year. So mentally how do you prepare for that being the one that everybody's shooting for uh i mean it just gives me motivation because i'm not a very hardcore like intense person but i need to be more intense when i run so just like the fact that i have a target on my back makes me want to go harder and makes me want to run more because i have a title and i don't want anybody to take it so i got to do what i have to do to keep it now now as a sprinter how do you approach your game as opposed to long distance runners and what's 
What's I mean, because I would the layperson at home probably thinks if you can run fast, you can run fast, right? But there are obviously difference between sprinters and long distance runners. Yeah, for sprinters, you have less time to do what you need to do. So you have like a smaller window. When you run distance, you have a longer time. So like maybe if you're behind at first, you can end up getting in the front. When you sprint, it's like a one and done. If you come out the blocks bad, if your start is bad, it kind of messes up your whole race. So you kind of have to be perfect from start to finish in a way. And even though it is a sprint, do you like being out front all along? Or do you maybe like having somebody that you've got to catch up to in the short period of time you have? I'd rather be out front the whole time than catching somebody. It's interesting to see somebody catch somebody, though, but when you're running it, I'd rather be in the front than the get-go. All right, Adrian, grab that headset. i got to ask you a question. Yes, sir. You run the 100 meters? No, sir, I run 400, same as Trinity. 400 meters, okay. Do you guys do the relays as well? or in your? Yeah. Yes, sir, we will. Why, why do you think, and I think this is fair, I've had this conversation with Coach Stewart. From a fan perspective, it's the relay races that everybody waits on and looks for Mm -hmm. is that the way it is being an athlete do you enjoy that more than just a straight 400 meters oh yeah for sure usually it's it's the last event everyone's ready to go home but everyone's ready to cheer you on as well right sometimes depending on the meet if it's at like conference uh point wise Mm -hmm. it could come down to the last race so everyone is juiced up you're excited you have your team you have fans family everyone cheering you on it's extra motivation, and you just want to yeah. do the best. You want to put on a show. Can you hear the juice from the from the fans when the when the relays start? I'm usually the opposite. I know a lot of people say they hear a lot of screaming when I'm running, unless it's like a coach or you know someone that I'm like close with at that time. I, I don't hear a, a single word. My mom won't be like, "I was screaming for you," and I didn't hear anything. Is that I, really not not a thing. So I'm, I'm locked in. I'm focused. I, I try to tune out all other noises until I'm mm-hmm. done, and then. It all calms down. The adrenaline goes down. I can right, hear it. Now, look at my partner here, Kelly. 400-meter race. He looks good. How many meters <laughs> down – how many meters in would you be when he's so far behind you that you can't see him any longer? Oh, no. He, he'll be right there with me. I believe in him. <laughs> boy, see? Oh boy. <laughs> it was worth that talk, 20 bucks I slipped him about, behind. Talk, talk I, I about a demo, uh, <laughs> Bob, I got to jump in here. I mean, this is <laughs> – No, you don't have to, Coach. <laughs> we're, get, we're getting ridiculous. <laughs> You know, because, you know, we're in a 400 race, and Adrian crosses the line. He's finished his race, and he turns around and throws a rock at Kelly, and he still can't hit him. <laughs> That's about how bad it's going to be. So keep it Ke- up, Stuart. Kelly, fat don't fly. Come on now. No, but fat I don't fly. But I think. Is that what he just said? But I, but fat I, don't fly. But I think Trinity, I think Trinity was the most astute when she made the comment that when you have muscle, you're slower. Is that your problem? Yeah, that's my problem. Is I'm too muscle. No, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, that, I wasn't looking at you the right way. Like, okay, yeah, that's that's muscle. Yeah, I'm sorry. Fat don't fly. The the statement of the week on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Yeah, Miss Kathleen is printing up T-shirts right now. <laughs> Southern Miss track where fat don't fly. <laughs> hey, Coach. Thanks as always. We love having you. Thank you so much. Hey, guys. Thank you. Good good luck to you. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having Great us. Great representatives of this university. No question about that. Thank you. To the top. We'll be right back, everybody. <laughs>
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, our thanks to uh, track and field coach John Stewart, along with athletes Trinity Benson and Adrian Harris. Delightful young people, just doesn't surprise me. Uh, very rarely do you meet any of the athletes from the school here that they're not just that way. But we appreciate Coach Stewart always uh, for joining us uh, on the Eagle Hour. Uh, in the last segment of the show, we're going to have some news that's going to come as a shocker to some of you SEC guys that uh, that may listen to the show. I kind of predicted this earlier in the week. And I, and I didn't. Yeah, I, Kelly was a little hesitant about I, it. But I we'll, was wrong. We'll talk about that uh, in just a few minutes. Fourth Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment of our program. We appreciate uh, Slay the guys a whole lot. Uh, I guarantee you, it'll be great athletic events on TV all weekend. There's great food five days a week and at night as well. And uh, there's lots of Southern Miss memorabilia for you to enjoy at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Also, Mobay Beignet Company, the official beignet store of the Super Talk Eagle Hour, is open and waiting on you to come get the best dessert you'll find anywhere in Hattiesburg. They'll cook your beignets when you walk in the door and order them. And we guarantee you that you're going to enjoy your experience at Mobay Beignet on Hardy Street and uh, right across the street from the Southern Miss campus. You know, Basketball tomorrow night. Is that right? That's right. The Lady Eagles uh, will be at home against uh, Old Dominion, and then uh, late. Then the Lady Eagles will host South Alabama on Saturday. You got two schools that are at different ends of the spectrum, Bob. As far as standings go, Old Dominion right up there near the top. South Alabama uh, tied with the Lady Eagles, unfortunately, for last place. Uh, yeah. Not both teams winless uh, to this point. So, yeah. but the Old Dominion game first—that'll be yeah. uh, tomorrow night, and then South Al on Saturday. We're going to get some basketball interviews this afternoon. Uh, later today with the Lady Eagles, we'll be bringing those to you in the next few days. Earlier this week, uh, Kelly had an opportunity to talk to a young man that, uh, if you've been to a basketball game, you can't miss him. He's seven feet tall. He's a big tree in the middle of the paint, and he's a fascinating kid. He uh, came here from Canada. French is his first language, and uh, he speaks English very well, as uh, you'll be able to see here in a moment. Here's Kelly's visit with Tegra Ize. Tegra Ize with us here on the Eagle Hour uh, from Canada. When people look at, at as big as you are, Tegra, inside presence, but uh, coming from Canada, you liked hockey. You grew up watching hockey in the Montreal area. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, growing up in Canada, uh, hockey's always going to be throwing your face and stuff like that. So, you know, I actually played a little bit of hockey myself. You know, I was a pretty tall goalie as a kid growing up. Um, you know, I'm big Canadians fans as well, so. Yeah, but now the Canadian thing's got to go because I'm a Maple Leaf fan. So to that, I don't want any trouble here. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, over here, we don't like the Maple, the, the Maple Leaf, so. Yeah, it's going to be a hard, you know, conversation. Okay, but now you've been, even though Canada's where you hail from, you've been Philadelphia area, you've been in Washington, D.C. Tell us the road that led you to Hattiesburg. So, you know, um, I was born and raised in Montreal, Canada. Lived there till I was about 14 years old. And then I came over to the States, um, some of 8th grade, going to ninth grade. I went to Archbishop Carroll High School in D.C. Did all my four years there. And then after that, I went on and played um, at Ellis University in Philadelphia. Did my freshman year and half my sophomore year there. And then um, I transferred in the spring and went on to Harcum Junior College, also in Philadelphia. Spent a year and a half there. And then, um, you know, recently just signed in July to go to Southern Miss. Yeah, you know, a lot of the guys have connections with Coach Cardona. 
but but it was Coach Carson actually that uh, that looked you up. How did how did that happen? Yeah, I mean you know Car- Coach Carson's also from Philadelphia, and you know um, he came to a lot of my practices actually back in October. You know just watching and stuff like that. Um, he didn't really know I was still going to be available during that time, but you know he just kept in contact and uh, and then you know I ended up end up being available um, in July. So you know he just got on it and then relationship just just grew from there. I think, Tegra, because of your size, not just you, but all big men, everybody expects guys your size to just come in and put up 30 points a game and 15 rebounds and all those sorts of things. But it's more complicated than that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, obviously, especially with this team, you know, we got a lot of talented people and people that can do a lot of things. So scoring, you know, 30 and night is never going to be my job, you know. Um, you know, I got I got to do the, the little thing, you know, that don't that'll show up in this car, uh, in the stat sheet, you know, uh, as far as like, you know blocking shots, rebounding, and just being the, you know the most dominant person on the floor. Now, lots of times, and this is my observation, lots of times people would think that athletes aren't the smartest people in the room necessarily, but I want Eagle fans to know that Tegra is a bilingual. All right, so uh, when I make that comment that sometimes people think that athletes aren't necessarily the sharpest guys. Give me your comment about that in French, a short answer in French, and then translate it for us in English. Je pense que uh, ce que vous pensez des athlètes est faux. Il uh, y, y a des athlètes qui sont très intelligents et qui ont un bon cerveau. Okay, now in English, what does that mean, or, or do I want to know? <laughs> no, I, mean, it's just, it's, I just said, you know, I just think that people who think that athletes are dumb is not fair to us, you know. We have a lot of bright people with a lot of uh, smart brains. So, okay. So this team now has the community really buzzing. They had a buzzing the week before because of the poor performance at Georgia Southern, but now a different type of buzz because you put it on JMU. So what are we? What are we supposed to think about this team? I mean, you know, it's, it's a pretty good team. You know, I don't think the fans should uh, give up on us yet, and I think that uh, you know JMU was a great game to show that. You know. Um, Every time you add new pieces to the roster, you know, guys that didn't play much last year, that's, that's not playing a lot of minutes, guys coming in, transferring and stuff like that. So, obviously, it's going to take time to, you know, have the chemistry and gel together. But I think that, you know, now we're figuring it out. And, you know, um, being George, uh, JMU, that was, you know, number 19 in the country, shows that how, how good a team it can be. Okay, so now you take to the road this week. What are some things you guys are going to be working on? Uh, you know, just our daily approach, you know, um, we focus every day on defense, you know, limiting our opponents to, um, you know, just take them away from what they want to do and stuff like that. So defense is going to be our focus. And, you know, guys still in gym working on their games individually and stuff like that. So A liberal arts degree is what you're pursuing here at Southern Miss. But then even after this one, you're not, you're not finished. You're going back to the classroom. Yeah, so I'll be graduating this spring with a degree in liberal arts. And then I'll be coming back um, next year and uh, pursuing a master's degrees in business administration. Okay, but but ultimately you want to like get into to real estate. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, growing up, you know, me and my mom, you know, you usually watch shows um, things called like Love It or List It. You know, when people just you know have houses and stuff like that that they want to sell or keep and stuff like that. So I was really intrigued by real estate back then, and I feel like that's something that I can keep going and stuff like that. Well, in about another five years, I might need a place in an assisted living facility. Maybe you can help me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> All right, Tiger. Continued success, man. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
Love it or list it. I, that has played a many hour on televisions in my house. Let me assure you of that. The only way, I think a lot of the kids these days, Bob, are getting the message that the best way to work is to work for yourself, yeah. you know, where yeah. it all comes down on you one what way or the a, other. What a great young man. And say what you want to about him. Heck, how many people do you know that speak fluid French? And <laughs> How many kids in America speak fluent English? That's exactly <laughs> you know. But you got you know he's he's fluent obviously in French and English. A lot of the the Hispanic kids obviously are fluent correct, correct. in Spanish. Some in Portuguese as well as English. So right. it, it's amazing. These kids are brilliant. Uh, I want to point out one thing about this kid too. I I I shouldn't even report it, but you you read some criticism on the internet about him. But he broke his hand pretty severely. And, uh, you know, he wasn't cleared to play, I think Coach said yesterday, until two weeks before the season. So go out there and, and catch a pass that uh, Colby Montgomery has fired at you with a basketball with a hand that is, is not fully recovered from having a broken bone in it. Which Tenger said that's, that's most likely why he was still available, is that a lot of schools, because, again, he played for LaSalle, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so a lot of schools did not want to take a chance on that hand you know, not healing properly or being up to speed in soon enough time. So Southern Miss took a risk on him. Kobe Montgomery last year had the the issues, you know, with uh, whether he was going to be eligible or not. Southern Miss gave him a full scholarship last year in anticipation of this year. So we kind of joke that that Jay Ladner's program is kind of becoming the humane society of athletes that get dumped the on the Oakland side Raiders of the Raiders of basketball. <laughs> they get dumped on the side of the road, and Coach Ladner and his staff oh. pick them up, bring them, bring them home, find them a new home, and um, they're putting together a pretty good team. Tegra Eze, that was a that was a fun interview. Listen to that, great, yeah, but intimidating. Yeah. Holy cow, uh, he's massive. He's huge. I, I don't know that he's not the first person that's ever. Uh, answered a question on the Eagle Hour in French. Probably so. I think he has that record. And, you know, lots of times when you get these guys that are seven feet or whatever, they'll weigh like 120 pounds. He doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) I would hate to see that guy coming at me with any head of steam. He he doesn't. He's he's on in there with the weight. And playing hockey, too, as a goaltender, man, he'd cover a lot of room. Great stuff. All right, got some uh, fascinating uh, television news to share with you when we come back on the other side of the break. Jeremy McLean, Athletics Director, of course, on the Eagle Hour tomorrow for an extended conversation. And it all begins Wednesday, folks. The Oz comes to the show as we kick off baseball practice. As in the Wizard of Oz? Yes. We're hoping so, yes. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back, everybody. The Bat sponsors this segment of the show. Luke Reynolds, former Southern Miss baseball star, is now the general manager of D Bat on Hardy Street. So, if you want to get your kids some expert baseball training, who better 
than Luke Reynolds to do that. Uh, D-Bat on Hardy Street, we thank them for all they do. Also want to say thanks to Town & Country Cleaners, Hattiesburg's most trusted dry cleaners. Family-owned and operated since 1983, they offer a wide variety of dry cleaning services. You can visit at their convenient location across from USM on Hardy, or you can call 601-264-4920. All right, national championship game in the books. A lot of chatter, a lot of chatter. And understandably, no, no one knew what to expect. Was there going to be a big TV audience with a Big Ten versus a Pac-12 school? Was there going to be a big TV audience with no Southern-based football program in the in the game? SEC teams not in the game. Kelly, you had your doubts. I did. I did indeed because football is such such a king in the southern part of the U.S. Right. All right. Here it is from Fox Sports. Michigan's national championship victory over Washington was the most watched title game in the past four years with an average viewership of 25 million. That's up 45% from the championship game last year. That's hard to believe. Uh, It peaked at 28 million at one point of the game, and the only game uh, higher than that this year was the Michigan-Alabama game before the championship game. Uh, The championship game Monday night became the, the ranks in the top 15 cable telecast of all time. Wow. And was the fourth best non-NFL sports telecast in the past five years. So I guess the question has been answered. There is life outside of the SEC. Yeah, but the commissioner of the SEC doesn't want to see those numbers. No, he does not. Does but, but apparently the rest of America is tired of seeing Alabama, Georgia, yeah, you know. I mean, can you really blame them? I mean, can you really blame them? No. I, as a football fan, and I respect Alabama immensely. I mean, I, I re- sure. it's the best football program in the country. Yeah. I don't think there's any argument about that. But it was refreshing to see kids from other parts of the country have an opportunity to play for a national championship. And when you throw Clemson in the mix, too, it's mm-hmm. been pretty much Clemson, Georgia, Alabama. Correct. You know, the, the South is not, real, uh, is not real savvy to the rest of the country. You know, the South often often gets made fun of. We all know that, you know, from people who think they're better than, than those of us that live in the South. But they've always given us credit for putting together great football teams. But And it was because of that that I just didn't think that, right. Right. that anybody would watch. But, boy, was I wrong. Here's the irony of it, in my view, though. The Pac-10 sends a team to the national championship game, and they draw one of the biggest TV audiences ever, and they're bolting to the Big Ten. They're leaving the Pac-10. The destruction of the Pac-10, very ironic when you look at how successful that conference was this year, Kelly. I would agree, and now there's only two teams left. And what are Oregon State and Washington State going to do? Because they've been hung out to dry uh, by the rest of them. And you talk about some athletic directors who got some splaining to do. Mm-hmm. It's Oregon State and Washington State, because what are they going to do? Well, here's my question. Maybe you have an answer to this. I, okay, Logistically, you can fly your football team if you're Washington State to play Ohio State in a, in a football game. But are you really going to fly your track team across the country, your beach volleyball team across the country, your women's basketball team across the country? Where is the logic in that, Kelly? You're going to have to. 
You're going to have to. That just shows you how much money they stand to make. Well, yeah. Because the investment that they'll have to make, and but boy, that's going to get road weary for these athletes who still have to take tests and have to maintain their grades. Real road weary. Going to be a lot more, you know, travel time and talk about how much money they're going to make. Uh, CBS Sports extended color analyst Tony Romo's contract. Now, a lot of people either really like Tony Romo, which I'm in that. I'm in that camp. I think I do. Yeah, I, I do too. I think he's very knowledgeable. Um, One hundred eighty million dollar extension. Is that not just insane? To be a broadcaster, hmm. Bob. How, how'd we get left out? I, of that? I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we keep using that phrase "old school," so we're I going back to so. depression type I numbers. Guess so, my God. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, you raise an interesting point. The championship game generated $90 million in ad revenue for three and a half hours. Well, America answered uh, that they're tired of the teams in the South being in there. And, maybe, uh, maybe, I think maybe, no, I think maybe they're tired of the same three teams from the South being in there. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I think it would be different if you had a name the school. I mean, Georgia Tech plays in it or Kentucky plays in it or whoever. I, I think that would. I think that would have been as well received as, like you say, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia. Unless you're a Clemson, Alabama, or a Georgia fan, you go, Ugh, right. Sure why. And I know you just kind of arbitrarily put Kentucky through Kentucky out there, well, but not in nothing. Well, and, to tie and with our no, but but Bob, we're Southern Miss fans, and with us opening against Kentucky next year, we hope they stink to high heaven. We're gonna <laughs> kick them to the curb like a worn out piece of trash. Stomp you know? them like a roach. <laughs> Opener is about 11 months away, Bob. All right, did you hear that, Coach Hall? We have already predicted you're going to stomp them like a roach when you <laughs> go to Lexington. Got them like a fish. <laughs> a direct quote from Will Hall. No. <laughs> from John Stewart, remember, fat doesn't fly. Fat doesn't fly. Remember that, everybody. <laughs> fat doesn't fly. All right, Jeremy McLean on the show tomorrow. We'll ask him if we're going to curb stomp Kentucky, see what he has to say. Looking forward to our conversation with Jeremy. Hope you'll join us. Thank you for listening today. Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.